Dr. Melissa Sell is a chiropractor and health mindset coach who teaches from the Germanic healing knowledge, German New Medicine perspective. She helps people to understand the biological purpose of their symptoms, guides them in learning to trust their bodies, and teaches inner shifts for creating a deep sense of peace and well-being. Welcome back to the Ancient Health Podcast, where we educate you on real health solutions that will help transform the way you live, feel, and overcome disease naturally. I'm your host, Courtney Versage, along with Dr. Josh Axe and Dr. Chris Motley. We're so happy you've joined us. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey friends, Dr. Motley here with the Ancient Health Podcast. And today I have a very special guest, Dr. Melissa Sell from Bakersfield, California. And she is going to enrich us with the knowledge of Germanic new medicine and an area of expertise that I'm very, very interested about. It's helped many of my patients to understand their problems. So doc, I just want to say thank you for coming on the podcast with us. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Well, first of all, I like to start it off doc about telling us a little bit about yourself. I know we have the intro, but I always want the audience to know a little bit about a why you or where you're at, why you love healthcare, and why you got into German New Medicine. For sure. So I am a chiropractor, and I got into the world of chiropractic in 2005. Right when I graduated high school, I um, got a job at an office, and I just fell in love with the paradigm and the approach and the idea that you can proactively do things to become healthier and exercise and detox and eating clean foods and getting adjusted. And so that whole world just totally lit me up. And I went to chiropractic school, graduated in 2012 and started practicing um, in this in this beautiful model of helping people to change their lifestyle so they could become much healthier and happier as a result. And, you know, I enjoyed everything about what I was doing, but there as I continued practice, there seemed to be pieces in my own life um, and things I started to observe and notice with my patients, a little bit of missing pieces. And it had mostly to do with like the internal experience. Like for myself, if you followed me around with a camera all day, like I'm eating the right foods and I'm exercising and I'm getting enough rest and it seems like everything's great. But behind the scenes, there was a lot of anxiety and worry and fear, unresourceful ways of operating my mind. So my partner and I, we started getting into kind of looking more at the mental adjustments rather than the physical external adjustments. And he and I, um, you know, began to study first for ourselves and then developed programmings and teachings for others to look at your perception. So what's going on behind the scenes of your experience that's causing you to see the world the way that you see it? And so we were on that journey and I, you know, was still teaching about health and nutrition and supplementation and all of that. And one day I was listening to a podcast about magnesium supplementation. I was giving a workshop on it and I was just taking some notes from Dr. Carolyn Dean. And she just mentioned the interviewer asked her about cancer and she mentioned German new medicine. And I, you know, at that point I had been, you know, in, it was 2017. So like 12 years, like learning all things about health. I thought I knew it all about holistic and natural health, but then I'm like, what is this German new medicine? I have never heard of this. And then I looked up Dr. Hammer's story and my mind was completely blown. And I'm like, why isn't everybody and their mom talking about GNM and using the five biological laws, because it was so in alignment with everything, all the, the chiropractic philosophy of understanding innate intelligence and the fact that the body heals itself and the body is ancient and wise, and it doesn't make mistakes. And it's the educated mind that makes the mistakes, not the ancient and wise body. And so the five biological laws from Dr. Hammer took everything I knew about health and changed it and gave it such richness and nuance, which allowed me to understand the gaps, those gaps mm -hmm. that I didn't quite understand when, you know, one of my health gurus or leaders in my profession who did all the right stuff, ate all the right foods, did everything that you would expect a healthy person to do, but then they'd have a cancer diagnosis or a heart, a heart attack or something just that didn't seem to fit the mold for a person who was living all of the healthy lifestyle things that I was, you know, preaching about being the way to prevent disease from happening. And so when I heard Dr. Hammer's story and 
understood the map of the biological laws and the embryology, it was just like, this is profound. And so I, you know, I dove into studying it and then I had to kind of change my messaging and start teaching with this as the foundation. Mm, That's fantastic. I, I love Germany medicine. We're going to go into the five biological laws. People are going to ask, what are we talking about? And I love the ideas of how the genetic cell layers, the germ cell layers have much to do with Dr. Hammer's story. And I remember when I first got out of chiropractic school, I remember uh, a mentor of mine was telling me that, and he said it on another side note, he goes, well, you know, they could have parasitic infections because the body's trying to balance out the heavy metals probably in this part of the body. And that's why we're finding the meridian. And he just sort of said it flippantly. Like, and I thought, you mean the body's using a parasite to help with metallic issues and the organ is allowing that to stick around to help out? And he's like, oh yeah, it's symbiosis. Like, but I later found out that he was a student of German new medicine and I had no idea what it was. And it always intrigued me. And I was like, I got to study into this and learn about it. And, we, and we'll get into like Homer fields, which I think are very intriguing. But for all of you guys out there, I'm going to ask a few Good questions for Dr. Sell here. So what are these five biological laws they talk about in German New Medicine? Yep. So let's briefly talk about Dr. Hammer's story, and then I'll get into the laws. So Hammer um, was a traditional medical doctor. He, you know, had, he was one of actually the earliest or the youngest um, people to graduate with a medical degree in Germany. And he uh, has several patents because, you know, he wanted to, he patented these, like he had the Hammer scalpel and other inventions in the medical field. And so he made money off of his patents so he could just treat patients, um, you know, freely like he wanted to. And in 1978, his 17-year-old son was on a trip. Um, He was on a boat um, in the ocean off the Isla Cavallo. And this crazy thing happened with the prince of Il- the exiled prince of Italy. There's actually a movie on Netflix that you can watch to kind of like actually hear and go through the steps of what happened in that whole thing. It was, it's called the King who never was. Um, and so this prince shoots this gun, it goes through a boat and it hits Dr. Hammer's son. Um, wow. and yeah, it, it's a crazy, crazy story. Mm. And so, you know, he gets taken to the hospital and, you know, they're doing all this stuff to try to keep him alive. He had his leg amputated. And this is just this handsome uh, 17 year old, just at the beginning of his life, just going through this absolute like chaos with this medical event. And he ended up dying in his father's arms. And after that, Dr. Hammer developed testicular cancer. And he, he knew he had a deep knowing that this had something to do with the tragic death of his son, that it wasn't genetic, that it wasn't just random. And two years later, he was heading up an oncology unit and he had access to cancer patients. And he started to test this theory and he started to talk to um, all of the patients who had specific types of cancer and found out, did you have some type of shocking loss, a tragic death prior to the development of your cancer? And so as he's discussing this with these people, he's starting to see a pattern that every man with testicular cancer specifically had some type of loss, loss of their offspring, loss of a loved one, loss of um, a partner. And every woman with a glandular breast cancer had a, a, a worry conflict where she was desperately worried for someone she cared about. Everyone with lung cancer had some type of death fright shock. Everyone with colon cancer had something indigestible, something that they could not process in their life. And so he started to put the pieces together and he actually was having dreams of his son and his son, um, Derek was coming to him in the dream saying, yes, you're onto it. And he, you know, as he was figuring this out, he's like, am I really seeing what I'm seeing? Is this how this is operating? And he went on to discover these five biological laws that show how our tissues Our bodies adapt to shocks, unexpected, isolating, acute events that you were unprepared for, that the biology, the psyche, so the psyche brain organ connection, when we talk about the psyche and GNM, we're not talking about like your conscious mind. We're talking about your deep body mind, the innate intelligence that's within you, keeping you alive, the life force that's flowing through you, that is allowing you to adapt to everything that's going on all of the time. 
And so when the psyche perceives a shock, a threat, something unexpected, something that you can't process and handle in that moment, the biology activates a biological special program. It depends on what happened. So whether you lost a loved one or you're separated from your mother or something scary is chasing after you or you need to freeze in fear, there's different nuances to the experience. So the content of what's happening determines which biological adaptation program gets activated in the brain. And so this, this is all encompassing the first biological law. So the psyche perceives something. Now, Dr. Hummer looked in the brain because he's like, okay, so if there's something happening on the organ, if there's a cancer in the testicle and the person had a tragic loss, what is go where does there have to be something going on to convey this message? Well, the brain, mm -hmm. of course. And he actually looked at CT scans of the brain and he saw that in specific areas, that controls specific organs, there were ring formations. It looks like when you drop a pebble into a pond and it's like a target ring in a location every single time. So again, every, every time there was a testicular cancer, the man experienced some type of tragic loss and there was a circle in a specific area in the brain. And so he, mm -hmm. and one of the things with Dr. Hammer and, and this map is it is not based on theory. It is not based on percentage. It's not 50% of the time there's a ring in the brain and the person had this. And, and so there's a high correlation between a loss. No, it is. And this is why it is law. Every single time there was a testicular cancer, there was a man who experienced a specific type of conflict and there's a specific impact in the brain every time, or he wouldn't put it in the map. And so that's what he went on to develop this whole body of knowledge of understanding how our tissues adapt for survival. So this thing we call cancer is a long adaptation for a conflict that went on for a period of time that was unresolved and the tissues are adapting. And when you think about it, and it makes so much biological sense. So if an organism loses its child, the child is dead, what can the body do? The body is programmed with the life principle, and the life principle is survive and reproduce. If you lose your offspring, the biology says, we must enhance your capacity to produce offspring. And doesn't that, I mean, obviously that makes a lot of sense that the testicles would enhance, or for the woman, the ovaries would enhance. If your child, it fell out of a tree and is bleeding, the biology says, ooh, this child needs nourishment. And the body has the capacity to build breast gland cells so that we can produce more breast milk for that child that's bleeding out. The body can produce more lung alveoli tissue to absorb more oxygen so I can get out of danger if I'm in a death fright. And so that this is the premise and this is the concept and the understanding that all of our tissues have the ability to transform. They're like transformers and they can go into super mode if they are activated by a specific life event. Mm. And it's just jaw-dropping, absolutely mind-boggling to know that this is how, when we develop sickness and disease, it isn't erroneous. It is not a mis mistake. It's not something going wrong. It is very intentional and meaningful and biological to help you to survive. And Doc, and I want to keep going with this five laws. This is a great explanation. So- when we're talking about it, so you're saying like, let's say a person experiences a death and they are there or they're a loss. They're afraid they have a fright that they could lose their life. They're like, heavens, I've got to increase my air intake so I can escape this problem. So their lungs will actually proliferate. They actually get more tissue. And so their body can absorb more oxygen. So the brain and the body is just reacting to the trauma and that trauma could imprint with a Hammer field in the brain. And that's like, you're saying, so we're just reacting. That's you know, with all these types of loss of grief. And like, for instance, in the office, you know, they talk in Chinese medicine. I know you've talked about this, but Chinese medicine will say, well, the lungs grief. And what I've been trying to do doc is when, when I see a person that consist, consecutively has the lung meridian issue, I've been looking at German new medicine and I'll say, Hey, have you had a loss or something that created this? And I am telling, and you're right. 100% of the time, not like a 70%. They're like, no, 100% of the time that loss happened. So that's what's happening 
when the trauma comes in. And that's one of the bi- biological laws. Continue. I'm sorry. I just wanted to make sure. Perfect. Yes. And so that's what's happening is there's an event happens. There's an impact in the brain. That's the Hammer focus. That's that circle. And there is adaptation on the organ level. Mm. So that's the first biological law. The second biological law is the law of two phases. So conventional medicine sees everything in the body out of context. It says there's, you know, 500 cold diseases, 500 hot diseases. And what Dr. Hammer found is it's actually diseases run in two phases. And so they're actually not diseases. They're significant biological special programs. Disease means something's wrong. This is something intentional. And so We have our normal day-night rhythm where the body is more sympathetic, active more during the day, and then rest and digest parasympathetic in the evening. And so that's our normal fluctuation, our normal rhythm. When you have a conflict, when that thing happens that shocked you, that caught you off guard, the body activates the biological program. There's the impact in the brain. And then the biology shifts into heightened, specialized fight or flight. So we're in this sympathetic dominance And in that phase, and it's very important for individuals to start paying attention, do you know when you're in a conflict? Mm. And here are some signs. Your hands are cold, your feet are cold, your appetite's down, and you're compulsively thinking about the problem. Those Mm. are indications that there is an active conflict in my psyche, and my brain is constantly scanning for a solution. If you are waking up consistently at like 3 a.m., with something on your mind, that's an indication. There's an unresolved conflict and your biology is inviting you every night to resolve this, resolve this. And so during that conflict active phase, there are tissue changes that are happening on the organ level. Those Mm -hmm. tissue changes consist of either tissue growth. So this is the example. And when we look at the third biological law, so the second biological law is is the compass that shows us the law of two phases. The third shows us which, how different tissues adapt. And this is like you mentioned, the embryology. So when our tissues are developing, they differentiate into three layers. The three layers, it's the endoderm, that's the yellow, the mesoderm, the orange, and the ectoderm, that's the red. Those are the three tissue types from which every organ in your body is constructed. And so the construction, so that basic construction material that your tissue is made out of determines how it behaves when it's in conflict. So when we're in that specialized flight or fight, when we are in that sympathetic active phase, depending on which conflict we had, that's going to determine which organ is going to be adapting. And then we know how it's going to adapt. Does that make sense? That totally makes sense. And keep going, Doc. It's like, so with the germ cell layers, like your body will know just based on your genetics, that, that cell layer, you're going to respond a certain way, basically. Yes. And so, and everybody, we're all programmed with this same three layers and they all function in the same way. So the old Mm. yellow, this is the basic survival. This is the, the lungs to absorb oxygen. This is the digestive tract um, to absorb nutrients. So just think about the most simple organism. What does it do? It, Mm. it respirates, it eats, um, it expels waste and it reproduces. That's it. So that's what the yellow group does. That is the the basic functions of the elementary canal. Those are the endodermal, the glandular tissues that produce juices for digesting things. Mm -hmm. And so these tissues respond with enhancement. So proliferation during the active conflict. So when you're having a conflict that has to do with one of these basic functions of digestion, uh, absorbing oxygen, breaking something down, there's going to be extra tissue. So the thyroid Mm -hmm. gland, for example, the thyroid gland responds to a conflict of too, I'm too slow to catch a morsel. And we have to think about this in the ancient context, not the modern context. The modern context (laughs) is out of context. We, the ancient, (laughs) the biological context is there is the rabbit. I need to get that rabbit in order for my family to survive tonight. And so that's my morsel I have to go after. And if I was too slow to catch that morsel, my thyroid gland can proliferate additional cells so I can produce more thyroxin, more thyroid hormone, so I can speed up, get the morsel and get and survive. And then the body can break that down. So that's just a little piece of like how this works, a biological event, a conflict, not being able to survive, get your morsel, 
the biology adapts by producing more thyroid gland tissue. And then when you successfully get the morsel, you've resolved the conflict and then the body breaks down what was proliferated during mm. the conflict. So it's, so you could possibly say like, since it's ancient, but even modern times, what is it like? I need to get money or I have to make money to go buy food for my family. So I have to proliferate. And if that stress is out of the way, then you say the body, ha it breaks it down naturally. Yep. Okay. And this is yep, great. Exactly. And, and so that's how the yellow group works, the, the old. And so that is the endoderm. It's controlled from the brain stem. So this is the oldest part of the brain, the oldest tissue in the body, the most archaic programs from the endoderm. And mm -hmm. so this, when we go into, so there's that law of two phases. There's the cold phase. Oh my gosh, how am I going to survive? I, I'm, I'm stressed about it. I'm worried about it. I'm up about it. You know, I'm, that's all I'm thinking about. And then I oh, resolve the conflict. And then the body shifts into the parasympathetic phase. And so whatever was built up during the active conflict now needs to be decomposed. It's not necessary. It's not needed anymore. And so this is where the fourth biological law comes in and what you've already mentioned about parasites and fungus and bacteria. Those are the recyclers. They are our assistants. They are, are the garbage cleanup crew that once we don't need that tissue anymore, the bacteria, the ancient bacteria, tubercular bacteria comes in and decomposes whatever's not needed. And this is when we are in the warm phase. So that was the cold phase, vasoconstriction. Now we're in vasodilation. We've got swelling, edema accumulation. There's fluid on the brain level and on the organ level. And so this is when you're tired. This is when you feel sick. This is when you can't get out of bed. You're exhausted, mm -hmm. feverish, achy. All of those symptoms are indications that your tissues are repairing. And so this is the ultimate reframe for I'm sick right now. No, you had an adaptation. You went through a conflict. Your body was in heightened fight or flight, adapting your tissues. You resolved it. You chilled out. And now your tissues are in the repair phase. And that first half of repair goes on to a maximum point of swelling. So we have to think about like the pendulum. So however far the pendulum swung to the conflict mm -hmm. active side, mm -hmm. now we're swinging into the parasympathetic, the rest and digest, the repair phase. And halfway through that healing phase, when you get to the point of maximum swelling, this is when there's, you know, that fluid accumulation gets to a point where it's at its maximum. And then we need a big squeeze. We need a sympathetic surge in order to set the pendulum back to the normal swing. This is called mm. the, ep the epicrisis, the epileptoid or epileptic crisis. And this results in these big health events like a seizure, um, spasms, sneezing fits, coughing fits, heart attacks. When we have a big squeeze, this big push, this means, and this is one, again, so powerful to understand that your biology works in this way. So when you have something like a seizure or a heart attack, it means, oh, I went through the healing phase and I'm on the other side of it now. Most people consider that, oh no, now something's wrong with me. But when you understand it in its context and you see the biological meaning of the sympathetic surge of this, you know, health crisis that's happening in this moment, you say, oh, I'm, I'm going to be on the other side of it. This is great. So again, mm -hmm. ultimate reframe allows you to understand how the biology is functioning. And then in the second half of healing, there's the scarification phase. And so you're still, you know, after that squeeze, you have an, a urinary phase where you're peeing a lot because you are squeezing out this edema. Um, and again, it's just all of these little points are for you to recognize where am I at in this process? You know, what happened to me? Can I through understanding, we can get out of fear of symptoms. When we understand what each of these stages of the process indicate about the biological program, we can chill. We can say, oh, this is totally normal. And it's and doc, like that's makes a great point. So you're saying that we have in our normal Western mindset way of thinking that when we have a thyroid that grows too big, or like you said, if you had a, a long tissue that grew too big and a person had like tuberculosis or mycoplasma, we automatically think, oh, we got to kill the infection because it's causing the problem. And you're saying not necessarily the body's using that in that pendulum swing to actually degrade or take away that excessive tissue. So it's actually a symbiotic relationship that your body's trying to, to create and allow so you can actually get back into a normal state. 
that precisely? Yeah, and that's and okay. that's it's the the bacteria, the fungus. They just chill in our tissues. They are seasonal workers. They only work off of direction from the brain once the body is in the parasympathetic state. You know, and so they they turn off when we're in the conflict because they're they don't have a job then. It what's happening during the conflict is there's that tissue growth, or so as we kind of go through the the compass and we look at the different tissues. So for the yellow group and the old orange. So the orange is divided into two. We have the old mesoderm and the new mm -hmm. mesoderm. The old mesoderm is controlled from the cerebellum. So the biological theme here is protection and defense. And so this includes the dermis, the deep skin layer. It also includes the pleura, the pericardium. So like those thick protective coatings um, that are protecting our organs um, and also the breast glands, um, which are modified sweat glands. So all of those tissues behave similar to the endodermal tissues and they thicken during the conflict. So we also, we have proliferation. So this is the whole idea of giving you thicker skin when you have a feeling attacked conflict or feeling soiled. This is where melanoma comes from. It's a shield. When someone develops a melanoma, we have to find out how did you feel attacked? How did you feel defiled or dirty? Because your mm. deep skin built a shield to protect you. And so that's what the melanoma is. It's this protective shield made by the body in response to an attack conflict. And so that's the theme of the old mesoderm is thickening for protection. And once that's resolved, the bacteria will break that down and decompose it. So when the mole starts changing, that means what changed in your perspective? Did you resolve something with someone? Did you stop feeling attacked? Did you, you know, clear something up or change the way that you perceive the situation? Because the mole can break down once the conflict is resolved if you have the proper bacteria present in your system. Hey, Dr. Axe here. Your journey to optimal health hinges on one powerful tool, tracking glucose. Poor glucose control is associated with a number of chronic conditions, not just diabetes, but also Alzheimer's, heart disease, stroke, and more. Levels helps you see how different foods and activities affect your health by giving you real-time feedback using a continuous glucose monitor. For example, thanks to Levels, I've detected spikes in my blood sugar when I have more than half a cup of fruit at a time. Uncovering the real-time effects of food on my body and then harnessing the power of Levels personalized recommendations has led me and my family to completely overhaul and upgrade our strategies for eating and living healthier lives. To discover Levels for yourself, go to levels.link slash ancient health to get two months free on your membership. I'm not sure how long this offer will last, so be sure to jump on it now. That's L-E-V-E-L-S dot link slash ancient health for two months free on your membership. That is so fantastic because when we have these different layers, they have in German new medicine, different responses of how they respond to trauma. So when you just said about learning about this, it gives you that capability of saying, I don't, not to worry, but to find out the information. Now we talked about the endoderm. We're talking about, you know, the, the mesoderm can like with the ectoderm, what, what part of the tissue is that? And I mean, I, I want you to talk about like anything you want to talk about. I get intrigued. I, get, I nerd out on this stuff. So what's the ectoderm? What does that represent? Yeah. So the ectoderm, this is the outer skin. The ectoderm, this is the most recently developed layer and it's controlled from the cerebral cortex. So this has to do with social connection. It has to do with separation. So the ectoderm, that's like the squamous epithelium. That's our outer skin. Also the lining of our ducts. And so when there is a conflict in this group, it has to do with separation and disconnection from the pack. So territory conflicts, sexual conflicts are also included in the ectoderm. And so the skin is the great, you know, great example. So all of our skin has to do with contact and separation because in nature, separation from the pack is certain death. There isn't just a baby out by itself ever in nature. A baby by itself is a goner, you know? And so that's why we must be connected. We must have closeness and touching and cuddling. And when we lose that connection, we, the tissue, when we're in a conflict of separation, there's erosion, there's loss of tissue. So the other, the, the yellow group and the old orange, we'll get to the new orange, but the, the red group 
loses tissue. And so there's erosion and this is, there's numbing. Also, there's memory loss. You know, the story they tell you when you're a kid, if a cat loses its kittens, she forgets about them. This is because nature is merciful. When we are suffering a separation, the hardest thing in the world is to remember the person we're separated from. And so Mm -hmm. nature deletes it, makes it so we can't, when we have multiple separation conflicts, this is where ADD, dementia, when a child seems, they're they're separated. They are not getting the contact, the closeness that they need. And so their mind is forgetting, their psyche is forgetting things in order to preserve them and to keep them from experiencing that separation in an acute way and it makes it more mild but it also leads to obvious things like you know memory loss and that that can accumulate over years if you're not resolving these conflicts and so all skin conditions all rashy itchy eczema psoriasis they these tissue changes are due to the loss the numbing of the the tissue, and then the restoration. So when a child breaks out in a rash, it's because the tissue is in its restoration phase. During the conflict, there's tissue loss, there's numbing, erosion, the the skin gets like, you know, can get flaky and white because there's loss of tissue. And then during the healing phase, there's restoration. And so that's when it's inflamed and itchy and red, that's tissue refilling after it was eroded. And so depending on how long you were in the separation depends on how intense that rebuilding phase is. And often what's happening is we are chronically ripping off the scab. So we're, you know, we go to daycare during the day, feeling separated all day long. And then, oh, finally I get that closeness. I get those cuddles at night tissue goes into healing. And then the next day off to daycare again, we've had the separation conflict ripped back open. And so this is why a skin condition often will become this chronic thing. And we think it's the food. And the thing about the food, it's not the food, the biology flags, whatever's in the system when the conflict occurred. And then every time you're exposed to that food again, the biology activates the program because it says, oh, the last time we had goldfish crackers, we were at daycare. And that means we were away from mom. That it's not, you know, the, the grain, the gluten, it's not the dairy. It's the context in which that food was in the system when the biological program was activated. Doc, this is like so good because people out there listening would say, and I know we both encounter patients that come in and uh, just today I was working with a patient and I'm trying to shift my mindset when you say like eating a goldfish where a patient has bloating and chronic constipation, bloating, diarrhea. And I, I hopefully I'm doing better with this, but I would find indications that it could be like some parasitic information in, you know, in the area. So I was like, okay, I've been doing this. Lately, doc, so be proud of me, please. I'm going, okay, I'm not going to say I got to kill all these infections. What I am saying is I checked their pulse points and this one patient has some stuff with their spleen. And I looked it up at German New Medicine and it was talking about if you're caring about more people than you care about yourself. Basically, I'm not not worthy to mend. I like, I'm going to care for this person more than myself. So I kept that in the back of my mind. So you're saying like, when I found the parasite, I, I realized like, well, that parasite, like you just said, was like, they're, they're inactive, but when they need to be active, they're called up to be service. Is that right? And then, so she would have the, these signs like, oh, I'm allergic to dairy and to gluten and to this and to this, which I'm, you know, anybody out there suffering, I'm with you. I understand it's hard, but they keep getting it reoccurred. So you're saying if it kept reoccurring, like there's a conflict, like there's a conflict in that area. So you need to study which layer it is in what area. And that's what we really have to go after. Precisely. Yes. So for so something like chronic digestion issues, we're looking at an indigestible morsel conflict. And depending on how far down in the colon, the further down the the into the colon, the issue yeah. is the more crappy the situation is. <laughs> um, it is the, the uglier, the darker, the more indigestible it is to you in your life, the higher up in the digestion it has to do, you know, it can be feeling cheated, feeling angry, feeling deprived, like something was taken from you. It's a morsel that you cannot process, something that was promised to you that was taken away. And so we have to look back at what was going on 
when you develop these digestive issues. And often we even have to go back into what was the weaning process like? Because many people, their first indigestible morsel conflict comes as a result of being weaned too soon, not being ready to be changed from breast milk to whatever food was given afterwards. And so often, you know, digestion problems go go all the way back there. But yes, so when that tissue builds up, because it's the body trying to help you to digest this indigestible thing. Because the body, the only way the body has to help you is by enhancing tissue or eroding tissue or functional loss. It's just going to do what it has access to. It can't go out and leave your system. It just, you know, stays here and says, okay, I can help you to digest this. But if that digestion problem is a chronic issue with your mother-in-law and you can't digest and, you know, there's something <laughs> that you an inheritance you weren't given, all the biology can do is produce extra tissue. And then when you resolve the conflict or chill out about it, or, you know, you get a partial resolution, the bacteria, the parasite becomes active and it starts to decompose that tissue. So if you're dealing with any type of bacterial overgrowth or, uh, you know, parasite, fungus, whatever, we have to look at what's the chronic conflict that keeps being activated, you know, and that's the thing is, yes, you're actually reacting to certain foods, but it's because the food is reminding your biology of that unresolved conflict. And when you can get to the conflict and resolve it, the tracks fall away and you can start eating foods again and not being afraid of, oh, it's this. And, and you know, it's, that's the thing is the idea that it's an inf inherent inflammatory property within the food. And then we demonize the food and we say, I just can't have this. Well, aren't there people out there eating that without the issue that you are having? It's not the food. It's not the properties inherent to the food. It's what the food indicates to your nervous system about the unresolved conflicts in your life. And the biology is erring on the side of caution and saying, you know what, if this is here, we need to activate this program. And so that's where a chronic allergy intolerance comes from. It's from an unresolved biological track that is associated with something that happened to you in the past. That would, that makes so much sense, doc, because that would be like, you know, when, like, I always make jokes about how I ate horribly when I was a kid, I used to eat those little Debbie fudge rounds and, 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 you know, it's so fast and so quick that when you go to the store and you see like a packet of something like that and you walk past it, your memory comes up. I've had this happen to me and I go, oh my goodness, I had the worst stomach aches, almost feeling it. Like I'm like, oh, I can't even, I can't, I can't stomach it. I can't. And so you're saying that kind of memory is like associated in a similar way. So is this also too, doc, when you say like, it, it intrigues me, I'm, I, this is just coming off the top of my head. If like you had um, an infection within the layer of the endoderm, so let's say it was in the lungs. And the lungs and the mesoderms also associated that basically created like other parts of your alimentary canal or the alimentary canal. So if an, an infection, if somebody keeps having an infection and they go, oh, I know that lung infection spread to my, you know, to some part of my digestive tract. Is it because like the infection is prone to be in that one layer of cells, but not attracted to the other layers of cells or anything like that? I mean, you know what I mean? Like some people say like, I keep in a bacteria infection, just this area of the mesoderm. Can they cross into the other layers at all? I mean, maybe that's too much of a question today. No, so the, the bacteria, they do not cross germ layers, which is actually oh. one of the peculiarities within medicine that they can't explain that like the, they don't cross germ layers. Like every germ layer has um, like a set of uh, microbes inherent to that germ layer and they do not cross. So it's just the, if they, if a person has an, infection in one area and then in another, it means that they have concomitant um, biological conflict. So one conflict was active and then another. Same thing with the concept of metastasis. This was a mind-blowing thing I learned from Dr. Hammer as well, is that the idea of metastasis of, you know, something moving from one point in the body to the other, like a cancer, you know, and this was something I'm like, why didn't that dawn on me? The idea that, let's say, um, a, a breast or a prostate cancer moved to the bone. Well, isn't it curious that a breast or a prostate cancer is an enhancement of tissue? It's more tissue. But what is cancer in the bone? Enhancement of tissue, yes. It's definitely. less tissue. It's holes yeah. in the bone. It's like, okay, so how does the extra loss. tissue yeah. in the prostate or extra tissue in the breast, how does that lead to less tissue in the bone? 
And it's like, how, how, if cancer is spreading, how it does, they're different germ layers, they're different tissue types. You know, one is endodermal or old mesodermal and the other is new mesodermal. These are different tissue types entirely. And they've never seen a cancer cell in transit through the lymph or through the blood. They don't check, you know, donated blood for cancer. You know, they've never seen cancer in transit through the lymph. It's a theory. And what Dr. Hammer found is it has to do with multiple conflicts. And so if a person has multiple cancers, scan the brain, they're going to have multiple impacts and often it's the diagnosis shock. And so when someone, even before a diagnosis, whether or not you went in for a formal diagnosis, even if you just feel a lump in the breast, for example, that that feeling of the lump can activate a self-devaluation conflict and attack conflict and a death fright conflict in a woman as soon as she feels it. And so that right there, that's the quote metastasis, the spreading. It's not because that's you know one of the ideas and this gets us to the fifth biological law you know, the, the idea and the concept that there are tissues in your body that go rogue and that they are no longer connected to they're, they're They just like turned on you and they are attacking you from the inside out and they're spreading. That's a scary concept. And so a person who believes that concept has in like I I, can, I call it biological terrorism because you are believing that there is a terror like a threat inside of your body that you have to go after as soon as possible before it spreads everywhere and so just that idea alone has hijacked the mind and it makes you think that your biology is against you and the fifth mm. biological law is the quintessence and this is very chiropractic it's there is no evil in nature there is only adaptation. There's only biological, meaningful adaptations meant to help you survive. That's the life principle. That's vitalism. That is, there's a vital force that's always keeping us alive all of the time, and it would never turn against you. Innate forces do not work against the organism ever. They're always working for your benefit. And when a person believes that a part of their body is no longer working for their benefit, they have to attack themselves in order to merely survive that is a faulty mental program and it's not consistent with nature. Nature only does what is beneficial for the organism and for reproduction always, period. Mm -hmm. it, it will never work against you. The only thing that works against us is the fear. And when we have the fear of cancer spreading and we have the fear of malignant disease in the body, we are that it's the fear that creates the additional conflicts that is the self-fulfilling prophecy that brings about the quote metastasis that the doctor predicted or that they were suspicious of. Wow. Because doc, that made so much sense. I'm so glad you pointed that out because you were talking about if something was swelling or proliferating, and then the other one was the bone, like you were talking about the bone loss, then you know that it's a different conflict because they're in different germ cell layers. They're different layers or different types. So the programming that we we should start to understand is that when we when you talk about the fear, you know, I was trying to relate to stories because I always learn by stories and by pictures. <laughs> That's me. But um, uh, one of my uh, people I know here in town, they were um, sadly they had had somebody in their life pass away, and I don't want to name any names or say anything, but they they had um, issues with the oral area, and when this is a perfect example, and and in no way talking bad about the person who passed, but they used to tell me that the individual would always be so afraid that they had cancer. They, they literally, they would, she kept saying it and kept saying it. And then after a while, she kept going to the, to the doctor. And finally, eventually the doctor said, yes. And this is after years she said that. So there's a biological conflict arising from that continuous, you say like that, that programming that's in the head. This is pretty profound for people out there, especially when we talk about things spreading or moving about, because I used to get very upset and, and irritated when I work on a patient and I go, how in the world did your labs show blah, blah, blah infection in this area, but it didn't show anywhere else. It just stuck to this one area. Why doesn't it spread anywhere else? Like it just stays there. This is why. People, this is the five laws. This is more, I could talk with you all day about this stuff. I love it. I want to jump into about you personally about this, but we talked about how it changed your perspective. How it's changed mine just, you know, just recently with the people out there, they, you're like, this is what we need to learn. What is like the best thing about knowing 
about German new medicine? Like people are going to say, like, why should I investigate it? And you may have already answered the question, but can you give a simplistic viewpoint on that? Totally. I mean, this is the map that will set you free from fear. This is the map that you need to know when your child has a symptom. This is the map you need to know when you go through a shock and you have a tissue adaptation because your biology is always operating under these laws. It always has been. It always will be. These are biological laws of nature. And it is wise for an organism who has the conscious capacity to understand it, to learn it so they can be free from fear. Because otherwise, we are one diagnosis, one shocking situation away from getting trapped into a system that does not recognize the wisdom of nature and biology. And it's it's mm-hmm. pretty scary what happens to people when they are in fear, when a diagnosis has been pronounced upon you, which is like a black magic spell that leads you into this downward spiral of fear. And I believe it is always fear that causes death. It is always fear is accelerating this process. And if you can stay out of the fear and stay and understand what this adaptation means. I mean, I work with women who understand this map for themselves because this isn't something you just get a therapist. Oh, I'll do GNM if I ever have. No, you learn it for yourself. You learn the map. You, you study it, you understand how your tissues function because a therapist or a doctor coach, no one's going to be there with you when you're having a symptom, you know? And so that's what I encourage everyone I work with. You're learning this for yourself. You're learning the map you're studying. I mean, it's, it, yes, it's complex endoderm, mesoderm, ectoderm, the brain. It's like, oh, that's, it's not too much for you. This, this is the vehicle that you have to move through this world. It is your right and responsibility to understand how those tissues operate so that you can, you can know that, oh, if you have, you know, blood in the toilet and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, what is it? Oh, I, I resolved an indigestible morsel conflict. Or if your cervix is bleeding and you have, you know, it's like, oh, I, I resolved a sexual frustration conflict. I know exactly what this means. I work with women who know, you know, oh, I had a little heart attack. Because they understand when they have an overwhelm, how that affects the myocardium, when they resolve the the conflict, you know, they have palpitations at night. They're like, oh, yes, I, of course, I know that why this happened. Let me, you know, have a sip of coffee, put some ice on my head. They understand how to navigate conflicts. They understand that this isn't a reason for fear. This is a reason for celebration. I resolved it. You know, and so without knowing this map, you don't have that freedom. You don't, you know, you like you are still bound and tied to a practitioner, someone outside of you, you know, and yes, it's nice, you know, I, I do consults and I talk with people and help to walk them through this understanding, but it's not so that I can be your surrogate mind. It's so you can embody the understanding in your life so you can experience that peace because that peace doesn't come from the external. It can only come from the inside of you getting it. You're like, yes, I get it. I understand it. And you'll start simply. You'll start simply by noticing the next time you sneeze. The next time you sneeze, the next time someone around you sneezes, look back at the few minutes before that, what annoyed you, what frustrated you, what stunk, because something stunk. I mean, you know, if I'm ever, if my like, um, if I have internet issues or something, and I and it's like, oh, you know, and I sneeze like during a, a Zoom, it's like, oh, the Zoom wouldn't start, or something happened annoying right before the video. You can always trace it back to something that happened that was annoying, and so that's the best place to begin. And then the next time you have a pimple, the next time you have a sore throat, the next time you have, you know, some type of rash or ache or pain or a sty in your eye, you'll get to see. You'll look it up. And you'll say, oh, this is the tissue type. Even if I don't understand those words, this is the tissue type. This is the conflict. What is it that happened? And you connect the dots. And so the -hmm. best thing about this is the freedom from fear and the empowerment that comes with knowing how your body works. I love this talk. I, when you say that about like, um, you know, if he has some bleeding from the cervix, it just a pure reminder. Like I had the other day, a, a patient of mine, this is like two days ago. She says, Hey, um, I, I passed a clot, a very large clot, and I was really, really, you know, scared and frightened when I was doing some examination. And she said I had the worst headache and, you know, she was telling me some of the issues. So I just, like you said, I looked on German New Medicine, like file. I said, hey, did, um, and we were talking and I said, um, we're talking about ovarian issues, but she said, I said, when did it start? And I said, well, has anybody, you yourself, or somebody in your family had issues like sexual frustration or couldn't have a baby or 
had a problem getting pregnant. And she says, yes, my, my mom had a very hard time. I said, when was the last time you talked to your mom? Did you have a problem? She goes, two weeks ago. I said, when did your problem start? Two weeks ago. And, and so they're like, you mean all this is coming from my body trying to react to that? And I think it, it makes me amazed. I mean, like literally, like sometimes I'll see somebody with a gallbladder issue or something and I can go back to that emotion and say, did something trigger it? And health's a practitioner as well. So this is information out there for individuals who literally live in fear that they can take hold on this doc. I'm, I mean, I know your time is precious and we always try to keep it nice and, and succinct for the, 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 uh, the guest. You've got such great information on your Instagram page and about how people can take control of their fear. Could you tell us like how people can find you? Like, would you offer like uh, virtuals? Do you offer things like that? And where can people get more information about you and your, and the German new medicine? Yeah, totally. So I'm my, um, drmelissacell.com. You, you go to, I've got lots of courses. And so I do one-on-one -on -one work, but I can only work with so many people one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so my spaces are somewhat limited, uh, but I do offer that. But I have a lot of online courses. My YouTube channel is full of videos. I highly recommend checking that out. I have resource pages where you can look at uh, where you can learn, again, learning this for yourself, a page of books and uh, websites and courses and things that you can take to deepen your knowledge. I teach a class every Monday called The Language of Adaptation at 11 a.m. Pacific time. And it we just talk every single week. We go deep into these laws. We understand. I break down you know, how you can utilize this in your own life. Um, I teach a class called Awareness School, which is all about understanding your perception. Why do I see the world the way that, that I see it? Why do certain things bother me? And what can I do to re-engineer the way my mind is organized so that I have fewer conflicts? I feel good more of the time. And so, yeah, my website um, is where you can find all of that. Also, you can connect with me on Instagram. Um, I'm still on Facebook and on all of that too. Well, I want to tell you that um, I'm so thankful. I am going to digest this or try to digest this, all the notes I took down, Doc. And I really mean this. Like, I'll, I'll, I'm going to try to reach out to you and try to DM you and stuff. So I want to stay in touch because this is such good information because I, I watch the courses and I'm going to get deeper into this. From all of us here, Doc, thank you. We really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'd be happy to come back again um, and, yeah, dive into it, everyone. That's right. That's right. All right, guys. From all of us here at the Ancient Health Podcast, I'm Dr. Motley. Uh, Courtney gives her gives you his her best, and Dr. Axe says he loves all of y'all. And uh, guys, take it easy. Until next time, we'll talk soon. Hey, Dr. Axe here. I want to say thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to like and subscribe to the show so you don't miss a thing. Also, if you're in search of more natural health content, you can follow us at Health Institute on Instagram or subscribe to our newsletter using the link in the show notes below. Hey, thanks a lot and have a blessed week.